Today's episode is based on a true story. In today's podcast, we have another testimonial being shared from one of my clients. C is a performer, a teacher, and she traveled for work for about 30 years. During that time, she has gone through incredible life and health difficulties, including multiple back surgeries, gallbladder removal, nausea, inability to sleep, extremely painful periods, and a ton, a ton of pain. In our episode today, we're going to talk about the ways that C and I have worked together and what changes we saw throughout our time, how long it took, everything that happened. I am expecting this to be a very warm Christmas story for you all where it has its highs, it has its lows, and it is so, so real. I hope you are all so thankful as I am for C joining us and sharing a little bit of her story, even as she decided that she wanted to keep a little bit of anonymity. Hold on to your seats, guys. We are about to take off on an amazing true story. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel healthy and vibrant again by finding the root cause of our gut health problems. My name's Allison Jordan, marathon runner, functional medicine practitioner, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of the Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for life. If you're ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. Thank you for listening to the Better Belly Podcast. Just a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make changes. Okay, guys, today is December 24th. Not the day we're recording. We're recording actually before Thanksgiving, but this episode is airing on the day before Christmas. And I'm really excited, y'all, because I have with me one of the clients that I've been working with since May 2019. We've been working together for a while, and she has been so gracious to share her story with you guys today. We provide some just anonymity and security. We're calling her C today. Um, She is a performer and a teacher, and she has traveled for work for over 30 years for an incredibly long amount of time. She is amazing. I know you guys are going to just fall in love with her energy and her genuineness and all the things that she's gone through. And honestly, a lot of her perseverance. One of the reasons I asked her to even share with y'all was because I hope you feel so encouraged by hearing her story. She has ups right? See, you, you have downs. <laughs> we've, we've, we've cried tears of joy. We've cried tears of sadness together. And see, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so happy to be here. Mostly happy to be here. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. And, and I've been telling C, you guys, and I, I think that you guys might also, I know I identify with this. I feel like every time I've told her this, um, every time I told you this, C, I, I think I need to hear this too. It's like, we can feel so 
our stories can be so interesting and hard. Like we want them to be private and we don't want them to define us. And yet we also don't want them to be hidden or shaming. And there's just like this super interesting line. And I really think that your story today is going to encourage us. And I really hope it encourages our listeners. So where I would like to start in your story is actually where we met because that's that's where I first started in putting your story together of like, what's going on and how can we improve your health? So could you tell our listeners what made you work with me the first time? How did we meet? What was going on at that time? Gosh, I hadn't even remembered it had been since May yeah, of 2019. I yeah, I looked back oh in, our, in our records. Guys, I had to pull up like all of our records. We have so many records. May 2019. Wow. May 2019. Okay. So that would have been about a year and a couple months since a pretty catastrophic injury that happened while I was traveling. And that makes sense now because I remember I hit a year and had a total breakdown thinking, it's been a year. Why am I not better? You mean after after working with me in May 2019? The reason I got in touch with you in May of 19 was because I got injured in spring of 18. Ah, yes. So when spring of 19 rolled around and I was still really struggling, that was sort of a tipping point. I I have an incredible chiropractor that I love who is literally keeping me walking right now. And And I remember now having a complete meltdown in his office. I even brought my husband. It was like tissues all around. Like we went in the conference room. We had a private meeting. Like what else can I do? There has to be something more I can do. And that's when he pointed me in your direction. And I didn't know anything about you. And I was like, great, I'll try it. Because <laughs> yeah. I tried, you know, kind of everything else. And even though I had that injury, I had been dealing with a number of other chronic health problems for years and years and years. So the injury sort of was a tipping point of, I can't manage all the chronic stuff and this injury that won't heal anymore. You know, it's, it's hitting a breaking point of what's possible to continue to function. So that's when I started, (laughs) when I came to you. And I think I had a meltdown in your office on the first meeting. It was beautiful. I I kept telling you that, you know, this is is beautiful. We're able to move forward with this. And that there's a lot of honor and space for for emotion in my office, for sure. Um, Can you tell us what that injury was that you had and uh, what was going on in your body, what you were experiencing? Uh, Yeah, so I had about nine years ago... Uh, I had a herniated disc that was causing sciatica and I ended up in emergency surgery. It was one of those things where it turned into the entire lower half of my body went completely numb, um, no feeling whatsoever. And, and it was an ambulance ride to the hospital and surgery within hours of arriving. And then that surgery didn't work out so well. So a week later, I was back in emergency surgery for a second back surgery. Um, and was that while you were traveling? This one, it, it actually kind of all cumulated right after I had gotten back from New York City on a, on a job. Yeah. So it happened just after getting back home, thankfully. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of chugged along for about seven years after that. And then while traveling for work again in spring of 18, I herniated the disc above the one that I'd had the surgery on. And again, ended up in an ambulance, ended up in um, a hospital in South Carolina. And I was there for a week 
And they all told me there that, that there was no surgical option for me because in their words, it was such a mess in there. They're like, this is such a mess. You're so full of scar tissue. There's no way we can do anything down there. From the first surgery, the scar tissue was from the first surgery? The first two surgeries, I guess. Yeah. That's what they were telling me. Um, yeah. And after a week of being in this hospital, which by the way, I had uh, taken on a vegan plant-based diet in my effort to reduce inflammation. This hospital in South Carolina, I'm not joking. I'm not being dramatic here. The options for me to eat were, here are my fruit options, canned peaches, canned mixed fruit, canned pears, a banana. My options for vegetables were canned peas, canned beans, and like a baked potato. (laughs) So it was rough. It was rough to feel healthy in any way at that particular place. And, you know, God love them. They were all doing the best they could with what they had as well. Absolutely. But it got to a point, I think it was day seven that the doctor came in and I I was just distraught because nothing had changed in seven days. They're telling me surgery is not an option. I'm meanwhile being pumped full of all kinds of opioids that aren't really doing much. And we, you know, had a talk with the doctor, my husband and I, and she, she literally shrugged her shoulders. I wish she could see me. I'm shrugging my shoulders, holding my hands out and shaking my head. She was just like, I don't, I don't know what else to do for you. She's like, we can't really send you home. Your pain levels are too high, but I don't really know what else to do. And, you know, at that point you just think, well, then who does? (laughs) Yes. At that point I transferred, I had a friend who worked at Johns Hopkins, which happened to be, how was this first sort of a universe telling you what the right next step is? Um, The next stop on my travel itinerary was Baltimore. And so my family was with me for this whole bit of travel. And so we were supposed to go to Baltimore next anyway. And so we used my friend's help to get us transferred to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And we got there and the first, (laughs) I had two teams of doctors. I had a surgical team and I had a pain management team. The surgical team did another MRI and said, oh, this is easy. We're going to schedule surgery for Friday. Piece of cake. Okay, great. But the surgery was going to be a fusion, which I was really trying to avoid. The pain management team was like, no, we're going to get this taken care of through meds. It's, you know, so they, it was actually sort of funny. They were kind of having this little competition of, of who's going to get her out of the hospital first. Is it going to be through, through our drug regimen or is it going to be through the surgery? So we scheduled surgery for end of the week. This was 2018. This is 2018. After you had two back surgeries. Right. From herniated discs. Right. Okay. And now you're in a ton of pain, right? And it's 2018. (laughs) Yes. I ended up having uh, what we think was like a spontaneous sequestration where the disc sort of pinched itself off, which alleviated a lot of the pain, avoided the surgery. So after two weeks in the hospital, I got out and that was the injury I was trying to come back from. So I could sort of barely walk. I was so weak. And then paired with my regular chronic issues, which were constant nausea, stomach pains, other joint pain, rashes, you know, insomnia, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) It hit a point where I couldn't really function through a day anymore without um, a lot of toll emotionally, physically, spiritually. It just took a toll. (laughs) Every day was a challenge. 
Yes. So you walked into my office and I think, you know, I ask these questions and I'm trying to, you know, everybody who comes in, maybe they've got five or 10 or two, even if it's two things going on, kind of pick one, like, what do you want to get better on? And I think for you, you're like, I don't know, Allison, I don't even know what you do. Um, She came in for craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation. I'm friends with this chiropractor. We really respect each other's work. Um, And by the way, I thought I was coming in for a massage. Oh, yes. No, I really did. I would never massage. (laughs) Because that's, it was, you were, you were told to me that you were a massage therapist. I'm like, great. I'll go in and get a massage. Can't hurt. (laughs) I mean, actually it could, but at the time that's what I thought. (laughs) And what's funny is I had taken both my babies when I had babies, they both had some uh, nursing issues when they were born. And my lactation consultant pointed me in the direction of a cranial sacral therapist. So my kids as babies had been to that. So I didn't actually know that's what I was going to you for. But when I got there and found out that's what you do, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best possible outcome for this appointment. <laughs> I was so I don't excited. Think, I don't think I knew that backstory of like what was going on in your brain. Oh yeah. You had a one point, I think probably 10 sessions in or something said like, Allison, I thought you were a massage therapist. <laughs> I'm so glad you're not. I have a license as a massage therapist, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, especially for your case would have never pummeled any of your muscles. The poor things are not at the root cause of what's going on. And that's an interesting thing. You were in a lot of pain and honestly, I've, your muscles might've been tight. Someone probably could have pummeled you to try and make you feel better. But one thing that I know I'm passionate about is finding the root cause of what's going on. So, you know, I asked you your questions and was like, what's your one main goal? And what I remember from that, what I have in my notes is that your main goal was to sleep through the night. You were like, I'm not sleeping through the night. I think it had been a couple, I don't want to be dramatic, but a couple months since you'd slept through the oh, night th- or something I like that. I think it had been honestly years. Yeah. I mean, I haven't yes. really slept through the night in years and years, not only because of pain at times, depending on where I was in my process of healing from the surgeries and then the new injury, um, but nausea used to keep me up at night. So if I'm honest, I don't think I've had a decent night's sleep in probably a good 10 years, if not longer. <laughs> but, but guys, be encouraged. Sleep has improved. Sleep has improved. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, and also keep an eye on the nausea, guys, because that actually is going to be coming up in, we're, we're going to go chronologically in this story, but the nausea, which is something that, um, I don't think was on anyone's radar to decrease or anything actually came up um, since on the first session, I think, well, I don't know if we talked about nausea on the first session, but my recollection of the first session is you went straight for my stomach. Yes, At the time I, did. Oh, totally. I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> this is like, I'm lying on my back. Shouldn't, you know, every PT, I had now been to um, physical therapists in over 30 States because that's in my travel. No one had ever done PT on my back while I'm lying on my back. I had always been, you know, flipped the other way. So the fact that I was lying on my back and you're like messing with my stomach was revolutionary in itself. (laughs) Yes. I probably would have been checking like some basic stuff like your psoas and, you know, your mesenteric root of your small intestines looking, are those pulling on your low back? Um, We worked with your sacrum and I remember do you remember, I, I don't have any notes on this because this is more of a personal experience, but for your first session, when you left, did things feel different? I know when you came back, you had a, an experience to share with me, but after the first session, did you feel like, were you like, oh, that I feel better or anything? 
Oh gosh. I, I almost want to go back and I don't often keep a journal, but I did ah. keep a journal for a couple of those moments. Cause it was so crazy. Huh. I mean, I remember a couple of the times I almost had to just go to bed for the next eight hours. I was so exhausted, but then felt wildly different the next day. Yes. Or like super dizzy or like I'm going to pass out. Like once I think I even had to pull the car over on the way back home. You Yes. Because I was, I just thought I was going to fall asleep at the wheel. I was dizzy. I was, and so I pulled over, I shut my eyes for a bit, got home, took a really long nap. But then felt amazing when you got up. Yes. Because even taking naps, I I couldn't take naps. I would rest. I, you know, I would often have to rest during the daytime to make it through to the next thing I had to do. But the rest really was never terribly restful because I would never really sleep. I would just lie there in pain and wait for the next event that I had to drum up energy for. So the fact that I would like come home from a session and actually do a deep sleep for a few hours was crazy. Yes. So you would, you were sleeping more like daytime, nighttime, you were sleeping more. And that was huge. Like, I think you came back for the second session. And what I remember is you crying and saying, I actually slept. I mean, it was, it was like a first to second, yeah, first to second session difference, which for me is beautiful because I can never quite know how someone's body's going to respond. I can find the restrictions. I can address those. Um, You know, I can't guarantee what that person's going to experience. Maybe they'll experience a huge shift in their body. They'll get off the table and say, I feel totally different. I totally have people who get off the table and they're like, I literally feel the same. But then, you know, they go home and their sleep's different, their mood is different, their appetite's different, their nausea's different, their headaches are different. And they're like, lady, I don't know what you did, but I feel better. And I think for you, you had a combination. Sometimes I think I would do treatment and it would be very gentle and you would not sense a lot going on during sessions. And there'd be other times where I remember a couple specific treatment sessions where I would find something. Do you remember your right kidney? Session. Yeah. Yes. And I this do. is interesting, guys, because when I say her right kidney, her right kidney is functioning. Like this is not something you'd find on a CT scan. This is not something you would find like on a traditional conventional scan, but this is on a visceral level, kind of feeling for her fascia around her kidney. We have a lot of fascia, feeling for the motion of it. And I was like, oh, she has some restrictions. Um, the kidney should move a lot up, not a lot up. It should move up and down is kind of the big thing as we breathe and as we move. And it would move down for her, but not up. So I I take the kidney and she's just, she's taking a nap. She's just, she doesn't know what's going on. I draw it <laughs> upwards, try and increase flexibility of that tissue on the right side. And we're far away from most of your pain, right? Mm-hmm. See, I think we're far away from your pain. I mean, it was just like, I was just following the tissue. And all of a sudden you're like, I can feel all this pain on your left yeah. SI joint. <laughs> like, you're like, you were getting referral mm-hmm, pain. Mm-hmm. And I think you started getting referral pain all the way down your left leg to like your foot even. And I was on your right kidney. I mean, I was like, wasn't expecting that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) We, um, so that was like a case where we were working on a visceral level after that session, I think even immediately, I don't know if, if you can correct me on this, your foot and your leg had reduced pain, your left leg. Yes. I had had pain in my kind of calf area and on the top of my foot above one toe, which sounds so ridiculous. 
And I am telling you, literally would keep me up for an entire night. The pain would be so unbelievable. Like these, we've talked about this, the pain scales of zero to 10 are so ridiculous to me now because I'm like, well, now that I know what, you know, 152 feels like, then the pain that I used to think was a 10 is really like a two. (laughs) You know, you just, it's so funny, but that foot pain and leg pain was, I would put it at a 10, meaning I can't function through it. I can't sleep through it. I can't think through it. I can't hold a conversation while that pain is radiating. I can't teach while it's hurting that badly. I can't perform if it's hurting that bad. It is is pain at a non-functioning level or pain that I can't pretend isn't happening. Yes. And yes, that, that decreased significantly pretty quickly. I remember. Yes. It was in the first, in our first, probably five sessions. So in the first few sessions with me and, and granted you were my first double back surgery person, like who I'd ever worked with. I had worked with people who'd had lots of back pain. Back pain is a very common symptom, right. helped a lot of people with back pain through a lot of different methods. Um, but I was like, huh, all right. You know, see, we're, I, I might have even told you, like, we're going to do what I always do and we'll see what happens. And we had incredible results. Like your pain really decreased. You started sleeping more. We were working to improve your nausea. Didn't quite get the results we wanted um, doing like the pyloric sphincter release and stuff. That was what I was aware of. But we we worked for about a year. And um, from, you know, May 2019 to March 2020, when, you know, COVID hit, right? Um, you, I mean, I, I can actually, let me, I can even scroll down to my notes, but just the general trajectory was you were sleeping better. Your mood was better. Do you remember any other things from that in that first time period, you know, right up until COVID? I remember everything feeling better. I remember doing better. Everything was better. But again, when you talk about scales of like a one to 10, if you had been living where everything was at a 10, like nausea is at an eight or a nine, pain levels at a nine or a 10, sleep is, if 10 is bad, sleep is at like an eight or a nine every night. Um, better if you're now like floating between fives and sixes, yes, that feels a lot better. But then when you look ahead, you think, oh, do I really want to live the next 40 years of my life if I'm lucky enough to live another 40 years at a five and a six? Could we get down to a one or a two? I'm pretty sure that was where we were at, at, you know, March, 2020-ish. Like we- Yes. I think we had made a huge dent in all of the issues. Everything was kind of into a manageable type of place. Like I could make it to work. I was able to function with my family. But again, it was, if there was more to do, I wanted to do it because there was definitely a lot more healing to be found somewhere. Uh, Dun, dun, dun. I feel like that's a good cliffhanger for the next (laughs) Um, also, and before we, before we, you know, skip to after the dun, dun, dun of March, 2020, I do want to say that the amazing thing that happened with the right kidney thing was that the next session you came back, (laughs) I don't remember if you remember saying this, but you go, what did you do to me? (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. Oh no. Oh no. What happened? (laughs) <laughs> yes, you you that that might have been one of the scariest times that <laughs> you ever said anything to me. So thanks for nothing. Um I just looked at you in a very calm way, like uh, a very much a practitioner like nothing can scare me. You can tell me anything, but what did I do? Look. Uh and I'm like, "What what do you mean?" And you said, 
So after our session, and this was like the right kidney weirdness where your pain decreased, um, you went home and first off, you noticed that you've had this incontinence for, I think you said 20 years after your last child. Well, my kids are, yeah, they're not that old, they're, but they're uh, not that old. Okay. Uh, for 14 years. 14. Okay. 12, 12 bad years. 12 bad years. Okay. Yeah. So thank you for correcting my math. And where the incontinence was on the level of every time you coughed, sneezed, laughed, like jumped, hiccuped, like you would get a little leak. Didn't matter how full or empty your bladder was, just a little leak. And had you seen a PT or a pelvic floor specialist for that? I had done a lot for that. And again, it okay. got to, well, again, I haven't said this about a number of a number of these issues that we're talking about between the nausea, the rashes, the headaches, the incontinence, all of these kinds of things pretty much all became either something to medicate or to do surgery on. And I got to a point where I'm no longer interested in medication and I'm no longer interested in surgeries. So I try to avoid them at all costs, which meant Yes, I had seen specialists of all kinds and learned how to manage it. I was managing it fine. It actually wasn't on my radar of anything to fix because I had seen so many specialists that it seemed like the only way to eventually fix it was surgically, which I wasn't going to do. So yeah, it, it wasn't even on my radar of issues that were solvable. <laughs> you, she had, Guys, she had never told me. So she's like, well, Allison, I've never told you this, but I've been incontinent for you know, 12 to 14 years. And uh, she hadn't even told me. So I wasn't, I was not trying to solve that problem. I was following the tissue and saying, tissue, where are you tight? Um, and you can feel that the same way as you can see a panty, like ladies, let me tell you, like when your pantyhose are twisted, you know, you feel mm -hmm. it. Like, and so you can feel that in organs and fascia, if they are twisted, you feel that pull. It, it's unmistakable when you're trained to find it. And um, the interesting thing is, is that I find that a lot of women are told, like we say, I just feel uncomfortable in my body. I just, it just, something feels off. And we're kind of told like, well, just stand up straighter or just do some more exercises. And the truth is sometimes it cannot be, you know, exercise or strength related. There can be scarring. There can be um, fascial restrictions that just a stretch won't fix. So super amazing. The other thing that she says was, well, not only am I significantly less in continent. Um, basically, you weren't having any leaking problems other than if you had a really, really full bladder, which is just amazing to not, you know, freak out every time you coughed or sneezed. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Right, right. <laughs> and and you said, well, I've also had painful sexual intercourse for and I don't know what the year is on that was, you know, how many years it was a long time, too long, you know, and you looked at me, you said, well, I had sex, I enjoyed it, there was no pain. And I mean, literally, my day was made that day because <laughs> no, seriously, as practitioners and, and you guys, like, we don't necessarily want to talk about sex 24 seven, but it impacts our lives. If you want to get married, if you want to have a partner, if you want to be having sexual intercourse, like it totally impacts stuff. And so I cried that day. I was crying <laughs> um, <laughs> that dang right kidney. Yeah. So just really beautiful stuff. And I, I, again, why one of more and more reasons why I love craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation, but let's skip back to the dun, dun, dun March, 2020. <laughs> we can't see each other. 
there's this very interesting pause where it's like I was did not want to stop being able to take care of my clients. Um, and what I did is I had really been researching getting a functional medicine certification for a while. I found one I liked just about a week before COVID hit. I immediately started it and blasted through it. As I was finishing the certification, reached out to Cynthia and said, I think we can make you better. I think we can get improvements. And you were like, I'm ready. (laughs) I don't know. That's what I remember. What do you remember, Cynthia? Oh, I just remember thinking there's something to do. There's an actionable item we can, we can take. There's, you know, that doesn't involve surgery or, you know, narcotics. Great. Let's do it. I was very excited. So this is the cool stuff. So we run our tests on her, um, these lab tests that are sent to her home, which was a huge godsend, like, because you don't have to, I mean, it's COVID. No one wanted to go anywhere. Like scary, scary times. And so these lab tests got to be sent straight to her home. Um, We did a stool test for her GI map, looking at pathogens in the gut and gut markers, making sure she's breaking down food. What is her immune system like? We looked at hormones. We looked at your melatonin levels and estrogen and progesterone. And um, we looked at uh, cortisol levels and DHEA, like which cortisol would affect energy levels, felt energy levels, not just thyroid, but also cortisol. Um, and we got the results back. And, and it was food like, sensitivities we did too. Oh, food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which no doctor had allowed me to do up to that point. I had repeatedly that was- asked for a food sensitivity test by my uh, by all of my doctors and no one would give it to me. Can you hear me clapping in the mic? No one would give it to me. <laughs> I think you were were already on board with me because you really trusted me. But you, uh, I think when I said we can do a food sensitivity test and you're like, finally. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because you also had your gallbladder removed and that was a test you wanted to do to see if you could mitigate that happening. Um, Yes. And that gallbladder surgery is one of my great regrets that I felt a little bit bullied into. I mean, ultimately, I did make the choice to get the surgery. I wish so so badly and continue to wish that I had not gotten that surgery. And had I met you ahead of time, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have had that surgery. Yes. Yes. Um, but yes, asking for a food sensitivity test had been something I had repeatedly asked for on my path to getting that gallbladder surgery and no one would give it to me. They said, well, you don't have any food allergies, you know, you're not an anaphylaxis or anything. So, you know, I don't think that's an issue. I'm like, well, where is all the nausea coming from? Well, you know, they didn't know. And your nausea didn't get better after your gallbladder surgery, which is what their theory was. Correct. Well, it was their theory. I remember a doctor saying, I don't know where she got this number. She was 74% certain that the surgery would help. She thought I had a 74% chance that it would help me. And I thought, well, that's a decent odds. I'm going to take it. But it didn't. It did not help. And in fact, created so many more issues because now I have five incisions in my stomach and I've had to deal with the scar tissue of that and, you know, not being able to exercise and all of that when you've got that healing taking place. So yeah, that was a bummer. Right, right. I still regret that. Yeah. When I hear all that, when I hear clients with that type of health history, you've got this nausea, you've got skin rashes, which we know like skin and gut are like super, super connected. You have this joint pain, which it's one thing if it's arthritis or like a herniated disc, but it's another thing if it's like, we don't know why these joints are hurting, but we do know joints will hurt with systemic inflammation. Oh, and then I even had, do you remember I had the spontaneous 
a, a rupture in my rectal sheath where I started internally bleeding and ended up again in an ambulance on the way to the hospital for what we thought was going to be another emergency surgery and instead was just stayed monitored at the hospital for a couple of days. But that took Let's say about four months to heal from. The pain of that was unbelievable. And I thought, why am I spontaneously rupturing things and causing internal bleeding? Like there must be something causing inflammation in my body. You know, there's something wrong. And we just, I had been through so many tests and nothing was ever coming up, but clearly there was something very wrong. Yes. Um, right. And yet the doctors and all their tests, they say, well, your labs look fine, or you don't need that food sensitivity test. That's irrelevant. Um, right. They think differently. And so conventional yeah. care is really good for acute, like life-saving stuff, you know, surgeries, medicine, yep. but then chronic illness, hospitals in conventional care is not built around that. Just how insurance works, like how they think the the pattern of that. And we won't get into into that in depth in this talk, but like you see, and I know many of our listeners and myself included have all experienced this unfortunate education period we have to go through where we realize I only know to go to a hospital when I feel sick, right? but then they don't have answers for me. And I have never been told where else I should go. Yes. And when the doctor literally shrugs their shoulders at you, <laughs> you know that you might need to go elsewhere to look. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So we do these tests. You're very curious what, you know, what the results are going to be. I'm so thrilled. I can still, we can self-help you improve, even if we can't do any hands-on work and we get some really clear results back. Do you remember what some of those results are or like want to share them with our listeners? Well, what was interesting when they first came back, I, I was, I don't know what I thought I wanted, but when I opened up some of the documents, I was wanting to see, you know, big red lettering, like, this is what's wrong. Boom. <laughs> you know, and instead it was like a whole lot of numbers and language that didn't make a ton of sense to me. And I remember initially thinking like, oh, I'm sort of hoping for the smoking gun here. And there doesn't seem like we found anything. But that was before, so the results kind of came in and then we had our coaching call. And then when the coaching call happened, you're like, oh no, we've got a few here. <laughs> there were, I mean, there were, there were red numbers. There was a smoking gun. And there was like I 10. wanted something you... to be wrong, but I knew that something was wrong, you know? Yes. And I think that's a big difference in the way um, I feel like you approach things versus when I had been sort of at you know, regular Western traditional medicine doctors is I almost felt like they, they thought that I wanted something to be wrong. And it's like, no, I don't want something to be wrong. I just know that something is wrong and I want to find it. And I felt like often I would be looked at as like, you know, at one point a doctor put me on antidepressants because he was so sure that my symptoms were all just because I would not just, but because I was depressed and anxious. And it was like, well, is it possible that I'm depressed and anxious because I have all these symptoms that I can't solve? Could that be all tied together? <laughs> Could my symptoms actually be real and I'm depressed and anxious as opposed yes. to the symptoms are only happening because I'm depressed and anxious? So, yes. yeah, so I was, it, it's not like I want things to be wrong, but I know that there were things wrong and I was so happy to start identifying them and then solving them. Yes. So um, we made some shifts in your food. You were eating a lot of soy at the time that came up on your sensitivities test is no bueno. Um, 
Oh, there. I think a couple of the things I ate on a daily basis, two to three times a day were in my yes. red zone. <laughs> yes. I think, I don't know if avocado was red, but it was, avocado it was on there. Was very high in the yellow, but the things that were red that I ate every single day were corn, soy, and spinach. Yeah. So we got you off of some inflammatory foods and guys, if you want to know more about food sensitivities versus food allergies, we have an episode dedicated to that. Um, and I'm going to put it in the show notes below. We're not going to spend more time talking about it, but food sensitivities can heal is the baseline, but you do want to stay away from them while you are in an inflammatory response because they're just poking a, a wound when every time you eat those foods. So you take them out, that decreases inflammation. Your melatonin was like, Zero or one. one. It was a one. Yeah. <laughs> and it should be between like 20 to 40 on the scale. <laughs> so like we gave you some melatonin. Interesting thing, guys, melatonin, 80% of it is made in your gut. And so when we see melatonin is that low, we're not just thinking pineal gland. We're thinking the gut. We are thinking like what is, is going on in the gut? You had some H. pylori. So you had some acid imbalance, you had bacteria, that's going to cause chronic inflammation, no matter how good you're eating, how vegetarian, how organic, how much probiotics or kombucha or fermented anything. If you have a parasite, bacteria or yeast overgrowth, it's going to really not do you great. And so we went, took you through an herbal protocol to get rid of the H. pylori, which actually made you feel worse for a while. Oh yeah, that was three weeks of fun. <laughs> and that was, and it was interesting because I think it's so good to go through it with another practitioner who can say, oh, that symptom sounds like what we call die off. Um, Herxheimer's mm -hmm. die off syndrome where, where bacteria and pathogens basically in the gut, they don't want to die. So if you try to kill them, they'll pump out toxins and make you feel worse. I think you had like which symptoms you don't even normally have. Did you have like a headache a few times? Oh, and like terrible. Yes. I really yeah. felt really crummy for a couple of weeks. And yes, which oddly was a little bit exciting because once you told me what the die off was, it was like, great, let's do it. Let's have this battle. Let's go. <laughs> you know, well, let's duke it win. out. <laughs> oh, it was, you were amazing. You just bring so it all at me because this time I know I'm going to win. <laughs> yes. So we got you on some really relevant supplements. Another interesting thing is, so you start sleeping better, you get melatonin. So now your body has the right amount of melatonin. We also um, got you having better energy throughout the day, by putting you on a supplement that helped your cortisol levels even out. I remember looking at the chart yeah. of the cortisol and thinking, oh, my numbers don't actually fit on the chart. They were like outside the box of the chart. Yes. I think it was like your morning was like super high, which makes sense because yeah. you're in pain all night. And then you're like, you had an afternoon that I think dipped below yeah. where you wanted to be. So then your, then your cortisol just like tanks. Yeah. Um, and then I think it came up a little bit in the, the rest of the, the thing. And so we, we worked on helping your adrenal glands heal, giving you some, some supportive supplements in the meantime. Um, so your energy was better throughout the day. Like teaching was easier for you. Um, your pain started going down because you're sleeping because yep. sleeping is really important. Sleeping for was, oh my gosh, the sleep, the sleep was everything. It was everything. Yes. I almost didn't realize until I started sleeping that that really was the number one thing to hit first because everything felt worse. My pain levels felt higher. My nausea felt worse. My mood was worse. My anxiety was higher. Everything was worse when I don't sleep. Yes. 
Um, incredible. Like, and the, and the thing is, is I wasn't touching you at this point, as in like, I wasn't doing cranial right. sacral therapy and visceral manipulation. We gave you intelligent supplements, reduced inflammatory input, like certain foods. And I wasn't seeing anybody that I had been seeing my chiropractor three times a week up until then too. And he was also shut down in March. So I was seeing nobody, which put me in a near state of panic. And instead that period of time was incredibly healing. You were feeling better seeing fewer people because you were addressing the things your body was crying out for. Yep. Other thing you told me on a call, we got on a call to like, hey, what's the update? How are supplements going? And like her her coaching calls and you're like, oh, I've had this rash on my scalp and this like inflame. It was like a puffy left eye or something. Oh, um, it, no, it was a pat. I had a patch around my nose, like a rash on your around nose. my nose that had been there for literally like a freaking year. Yeah. And, I, and in my ears and on my scalp, but you know, the one I was most sensitive about was the one that's on my face. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Those all cleared up. That all cleared up. Yeah. So like these list of things you came into my office with in May, 2019, barely walking, constant nausea. We're about to address that guys. Joint pain, insomnia, rashes, like they're all just like dropping off. Um, huge improvement as we're working with her scar tissue, with craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation. But then we're addressing pathogens in her body. We're addressing inflammation. We're addressing lack of like melatonin. And we, and we set her body up so that it, after it heals, it creates its own melatonin. So you don't have to take melatonin the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so the here's the here's the interesting thing in your in your pathway and another good reason to like do this with a practitioner. You had this thing where you suddenly had diarrhea like every day, and we thought maybe it was like the end of die off. You were towards the end of your your H pylori thing, and you're just having a lot of diarrhea. And we're like, okay, maybe it's related to just end of die off. And it kept going, it kept going, it kept going. You finished your your protocol to the kill the H. pylori and it's still going, still going, it's still going. And like, we go into like a little small panic mode. Like, well, what is this? We need to figure it out. I am doing research and think of something I don't think about very often prior to this, which was histamines. And we actually have the woman responsible for making me think of this. Her name's Isabel Smith. She's a nutritionist. She specializes in allergies and histamine intolerance. She's actually coming on to the podcast in a few episodes or the, we'll be releasing an episode with her. So pay attention. But here's what she said. She had a, she had a list of uncommon attributes of a histamine response. Cause usually we think of histamines, we think of rashes and skin and puffiness and anything that you're going to like Claritin, anything you would take Claritin or Benadryl for. That's what we think of a histamine response. But you know, see you were having diarrhea mainly. And then the other thing she had on her list was nausea is a histamine response. And I was like, what? I'm like freaking out now. And I call you and I'm like, take Benadryl. And so you take Benadryl, you're like diarrhea just like stops. Praise the Lord. <laughs> instantly, instantly. Like when we say diarrhea, I had been going on average for three straight weeks, 10 to 12, because I was counting 10 to 12 times a day. And I'm talking no joke, 10 to 12 times a day. And you, so weren't, you weren't feeling bad, which was also weird. You were, you were going a lot, but you didn't feel sick or weak. Not, not particularly. No. And it was just annoying. I took the Benadryl and I think by the time the afternoon rolled around and I realized I hadn't gone for like four or five hours, I was like, what? What yes. just happened? 
what yes. crazy voodoo have you worked this time? <laughs> so we realized your body had somehow had a huge histamine response, wasn't getting rid of the excess histamines. We switched from a histamine blocker, which is Benadryl, to a histamine enzyme that helps break down histamine, um, which is DAO or DAO. It breaks that, that actually breaks down into another word. I don't say it a lot. So I'm going to, if you guys want to look up histamine and DAO, you can. And you've stopped that. But now the interesting thing is, is that your nausea is like significantly less, correct? Significantly less. Like I mostly don't think about it at all. Now when it kind of arises a little bit, it's more like, oh, oh, huh. I'm, (laughs) I'm feeling just a wee bit queasy. And then it tends to go away relatively quickly versus 24 hours a day trying to manage it. So H. pylori can cause nausea. Histamine response can cause nausea. Pyloric dysfunction can cause nausea. That's what I was looking for when I was um, palpating you and doing visceral manipulation. Um, There's a lot of things that can cause nausea, guys. So um, when doctors don't always know what's going on or they just try their normal, like, well, this usually works for nausea, like there might be a reason why it's not working. And so here's the interesting thing. Guys, I'm really excited for you guys to hear Isabel Smith talk because she talked with me about how this like diarrhea, especially if you tend towards diarrhea, like you might be IBS D, right? Or you might be IBS, like the mixed state between chronic constipation and diarrhea. And she finds that um, a lot of times when she has clients who err on the side of, of looser stool, they are having a histamine problem. They're having a response to something in the body. And so you want to figure out what is causing the histamine. Is it is it food? Is it toxins in the environment like mold? Is it a heavy metal? Is it a pathogen like something in the gut? Um, what is causing this histamine response? And so um, and then helping the body process it out, uh, which you can do. Again, if you do it with Benadryl, the bad thing is, is that the histamine stays in your body. And so it doesn't, it doesn't get out of your body. And guys, just listen to our our call with Isabel Smith. It's been fascinating. So, but the good news for you see is that the, I now, first off, anytime you have loose stool, I think of it very differently. Like, oh, she's having probably something going on with her histamine. So you have in your background, you have DAO and you have another supplement that um, is better for systemic inflammation. DAO is more for the gut uh, histamine response, but then you can have quercetin. And that is better for like any inflammation that's in the rest of the body and getting rid of those histamines there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like, we've learned so much. And here's the interesting thing, guys. Like last week I connected with C for a coaching call. And unfortunately she told me, you know, Alison, I'm actually, my nights right now are a little bit more painful. I'm just in some more pain. It had been about four weeks since we'd had any cranial or visceral sessions. You have been working on reintroducing foods back into your diet that we took out for a while. And we have been working on reducing supplements. We don't know if this is like a cycle that you're going through where maybe your body's adjusting and you're just because your pain's in a new and different spot. Mm -hmm. But guys, I want to honor the fact that like C came on here and she's like, we both really wanted her to be able to say, and right now I'm doing the best of my (laughs) life ever. (laughs) And the truth is, is that she's still on a journey. I am so proud of you. I hope you guys are so proud of her and just like glowing on the other side of this call. And the other thing, guys, is I'm still on this journey. I still have things in my health and I'm like, ooh, I can tell that's not quite right. Ooh, I want to improve that. Ooh, I don't want that to stick around next year. I want that gone next year. Um, And knowing that there's still more education to learn about my body. Um, There's still things that we can figure out with C and that C, you have been so brave and bold to continue to seek out more health practitioners. Um, I know we don't have a ton of time left and I'm curious, 
I know some of our listeners and even myself included, and maybe you've gone through this, like sometimes you're like, I don't know, is there anybody else out there who can help me? I'm so curious, what made you believe that there was more out there for your healing? Well, that's a great question. Um, Honestly, I'm not sure other than I do tend to trust myself. I do trust that if I really feel like something's wrong, history has shown me it is. <laughs> I'm usually shown not to be crazy at some point, including uh, when I was pregnant with my second baby. And I was incredibly nauseous during both my pregnancies, incredibly nauseous for all nine months. It was some of the worst time of my life, actually, both those pregnancies, sadly. And so when I got pregnant the second time, I knew instantly because my nausea went up times 10. And I went to, I called my doctor and said, can I, the, you know, grocery store pregnancy tests are not coming up positive, but I know I'm pregnant. Can I take a blood test? And they were like, you, you're not, I know you might want to be. And we understand that, that a lot of women have that, but you're not, there's no way that you would know it so soon. So you probably just have the flu. And so they wouldn't give me a test. So another week went by and I called again and the pregnancy tests still weren't coming back positive. And I said, can I take a blood test instead? You know, cause that should show up sooner. And again, got the whole thing, you know, I think you're just probably still dealing with the stomach bug. Um, but okay. You know, we'll let you, if you really want to have that blood test, that's fine. I went and got the blood test. It came back negative and we let another week go by. And then finally it showed up. So In other words, it took three weeks for the pregnancy test to show up, but I knew literally that night that I was pregnant because my body switched. And so there's just one example of like, I pretty much have always known when something is going wackadoodle in my body and I just need to find the person who believes me to help me figure it out. (laughs) Literally from everything from pregnancy to nausea, to pain, to headaches, to whatever, you know, so I guess it was just the trusting in myself that I'm not crazy. There is something here to be found. I just have to keep searching for the person who number one believes me and number two is willing to go down that path with me and try to figure out what's wrong. Yes. I love that. I love that we'll be ending on that thought of like trusting yourself. I find that people who come into my office and work with me, they have that sense that something's not right and they don't know what it is. And I I know I always agree with them. <laughs> and I usually I usually find that people who I talk to about health, whether they're in my office or not, you know, sometimes it's just like a friend or somebody you know, they either are telling you all their health problems and they say, "Oh, nothing's wrong." And you're like, "Oh, something's wrong." I mean, and you don't tell them, but you're like, "Yep, something's yeah. wrong." Yeah. Um and you know that in your head or like you have someone who says, I know something's wrong and none of my doctors are supporting that. And those people, I'm like, oh, you're also right. I just love that, that there are people out there. I think a lot of people who are listening to this, you, myself, like we're intuitive about our bodies. We understand what's going on. We know something just doesn't feel right. And I just don't know how to describe it. And I just love that you you took that and you move forward. Yeah. And I think what I really discovered in working with you is sometimes we know intuitively something's wrong. And what we think it is actually isn't what it is. But so, yes, we were right. We were right. Something is something was wrong, but it might have been referral pain that makes us think it's one thing when really it's another thing. You know, it's a it's a little bit of a detective game. But when with 
you know, traditional medicine, when your only options at the end of that game are either cutting you open or putting you on potentially addictive medication, that is, does not feel like a win, either one of those. So, you know, I was looking for the win (laughs) that did not include narcotics or surgery. And that is most definitely what I found. Yeah. It's been phenomenal. The difference is phenomenal. So even yes. though I'm, I might be in a little bit of a dip this particular week, the general trajectory has been a consistent ride to the top. <laughs> yes, yes. And we still have things we're doing um, to move you forward and to find that stuff, to do the investigative work that you mm-hmm. said. I like to tell people, um, and I, for listeners, I think we'll, we'll end off on this, that your health, I mean, if you invite an investigator into your life to figure out your health, I want you to imagine Sherlock Holmes is coming on and you've only invited Sherlock Holmes because it's not obvious. Sherlock Holmes does not take on cases that are obvious. He's also not needed for cases that are obvious. Correct. Like who yes. did it, right? Yes. Um, but even Sherlock and how smart he is, it takes him time. Yep. He has to find data. He has to talk to people. He has to use his intuition sometimes. Um, and, and, and it can take him time. And that doesn't mean he won't figure it out. That doesn't mean he's not qualified. And I know sometimes like we expect to go to doctors. I feel sometimes people come to me um, and they expect like an answer. Like if I don't know the answer in 30 minutes or an hour, then I'm wrong. And that might be because doctors, when we go and see them at a hospital, they they pretend that if they talk to us for 10 minutes and they don't see anything wrong, there's nothing wrong. Right. So I think we're fed that, unfortunately. So See, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for just being boldness, being perseverance for us, for being who you are, for having your journey, and for still being excellent in every other area of your life as a mother, as a wife, as a as a career woman. You are truly an inspiration to me, and I hope that so many of our listeners are encouraged by what you shared today. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for, you know, quite literally saving so much of me. (laughs) I'm forever grateful. You're so welcome. Guys, was that amazing or what? Was C not so generous in sharing so much of what has happened in her life? She has had good things happen, bad things happen, seasons of her life where things seem to be getting better and then got worse, seasons of her life where things are better and still not perfect, such as even the day and week that we recorded her call. I hope that you are encouraged. That is really normal in our life. I want you to think in your financial life, in your career life, in your education life, you go through seasons where even as you're getting better, things are still hard. Things are maybe not perfect, but that does not mean that you are not still growing. C has been an incredible encouragement to me every time we get together and she is willing to take the next step. She's willing to try the next thing. And she's also been an encouragement to see how much she has changed and healed and gosh, been able to sleep through the night. Incredible. So if you want to check out another client testimonial, because maybe you're sitting here being like, is this the only person it happens for? Check out episode 13, where I interviewed my client, Abby Herman, on how our work together has changed her health and impacted her six-figure business. If you follow the link in the show notes or just scroll through our podcast episodes to find episode 13. 
If you want someone else to get their eyes on your health though, just like C has working with me, I would love to talk with you. I have free 30 minute consultations where I talk with anybody who's interested in working together and see if we are a good fit for each other and what program might be the best one to work with me. I have different levels and ways of working with me, including 60 minute one-time calls and as well as creating customized health plans, doing and running labs that doctors aren't going to be running just like I did with C and also doing coaching, monthly coaching two times a month for six months to work out your health plan, which is exactly what I did with C. So I would love to talk with you more about that. You can go to betterbellytherapies.com slash chat if you want to set up a consultation or you can go down below and click the link in the show notes. I would love to talk with you there and hear more about your story what you have going on, what your goals are, and what is getting in the way of your health. I would love to meet with you there. And lastly, we do still have our Ask Allison podcast episode coming out in early January, where we're going to be answering questions that anyone submits about their health. If you want to submit a question, and it can be about anything going on, it could be about somebody else you know, um, you can go to betterbellytherapies.com slash askallison. It will be anonymous. We'll be sharing first names only and being able to share what your question is, the things behind it, because what I find so many times is that I'm getting the same questions over and over again. And I would love to be able to share my answers to those questions on the podcast. And I'm sure there is somebody else out there who has the same or if not a very similar question as you. So if you have a question and you want to answer it on air, you can go and write in your question at betterbellytherapies.com slash And we will be airing those answers in early January. Now, We are going to bid you adieu. If you have loved this episode, I would love and so appreciate if you would leave a rating and review. Your ratings and reviews helps other people like you to find this podcast and all of the wealth of information that you've been able to find. Also, if you thought of a certain friend as you were listening to this, oh, so-and-so needs to hear this, take a screenshot and just send them a text super quick. Share with them, hey, I thought of you as I was listening to this. I cannot count on how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that someone says, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend you thought of a love note to their gut or their sleep or (laughs) their pain levels and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways you can stay connected with us is by following us on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is at betterbellytherapies, belly single, therapies plural. We love connecting with our listeners and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And as always, remember our favorite quote, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time.